Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. I'm your host, Dr. Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at outgrow.co. And for this month, we're going to interview Farzad Rashidi, who is the lead innovator at Respona and marketing director at Wizme. Thanks for joining us, Farzad. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. All right, so we're going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. Uh, you get three passes. In case you don't want to answer the question, you can just say pass. But try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only, okay? You got it. All right, so the first one. How long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? Four to five minutes to an hour. Okay, most embarrassing moment of your life? I forgot to show up to an award ceremony back in, uh, <laughs> I think it was in high school. <laughs> How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Seven hours minimum. Okay, fill in the blank. An upcoming marketing trend is blank. Um, user intent in SEO. Mm-hmm. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened. Gonna have to say Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> Pick one, Mark Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey? Jack Dorsey. The first movie that comes to your mind when I say the word ambition. Interstellar. <laughs> oh, that's a nice movie. When did you last cry and why? Um, I think it was actually a few months ago. Um, my grandmother got COVID and it was quite mm -hmm. scary. So, yeah. I thought you were going to say you last cried during Interstellar, which I did. So, <laughs> oh, I yeah. definitely cried, but it, was, it wasn't the last time. <laughs> okay. It was probably something last year. <laughs> Fair. All right. The biggest mistake of your career? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think I'm gonna pass on that one for now. All right. How do you relax? I listen to jazz. I know it's, mm -hmm. it makes me sound like an old man, but I do. <laughs> it does help me okay. relax. How, okay. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Way too many. Uh, probably around two or three. Okay. A habit of yours that you hate. Probably drinking too much coffee. That is uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> the most valuable skill you've learned in life? Uh, to lower your expectations from other people. And that oh. makes you a happier person in general. People do something for okay. you, then you're happy. And if they don't, you're not unhappy. So. Your favorite Netflix show? That's the last question. Ooh, there are so many. Okay, uh, probably explained. Not sure where you watched that. Oh, oh yeah, with the Vox yeah. series, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, that was the end of the rapid fire round. You awesome. win a car. <laughs> Just kidding, you don't. Your score was nine <laughs> awesome. on ten because you skipped one. Uh, all right, so let's go on to the bigger questions. The first one is: uh, Tell us more about Vizme and Respona. Like, what are the main point? What are the pain points? Actually, not the main points. The pain points that you're trying to tackle with these two. Perfect. So they're actually quite intertwined. So I'm happy to tell the story a bit. I'm not sure how much time we have, but I'll try to keep it short and sweet. 
Um, mm -hmm. But Visme as a platform, it's, a, it's an all-in-one solution for businesses to be able to create branded content. So say you're a business, you have some brand guidelines, and you want to enable your employees to be able to create like reports, presentations, infographics, social graphics, all that good stuff, but all consistent. You would use a platform like Visme. Um, and basically, I, I joined uh, when the software was in beta. So my current co-founder, Paymon, is the founder of Visme. And he started the company back in 2013. And I joined as the first marketing hire. To, the guys were just a bunch of engineers and, and trying to build a product. And I came in there. I was like, hello, <laughs> let's try to get this thing out there. And then, and we tried a, a bunch of different strategies. But the, the main, uh, I would say, um, strategy that worked the best with the highest ROI was our SEO and content marketing. And that took a level of experimentation at the beginning. Uh, but we finally figured out a path on how to make it work to bring in traffic at the top of the funnel to our website and sort of nurture them down. And uh, and then we scaled the traffic to over 2 million monthly organic traffic. And the problem, uh, the main problem we were, we we're facing with that SEO side of things was uh, link building. So, you know, we were producing pieces of content, doing all the good old, you know, keyword research and unpaid stuff, making sure the content's relevant, quality, but... It was crickets. And and what one thing we figured out uh, throughout the years was uh, one of the best, or I would say one of the most important factors is how other people are talking about your website. And that in and out of itself is a vote of popularity in eyes of Google. So we actually had to dedicate quite a lot of resources, about 80% of our content resources actually to promotion, 20% of creation. And, uh, and, and that was sort of a manual you know, exhausting process of uh, average. And we had to sort of do prospecting, figure out what's the right fit. So every time we put out a piece of content, we had to spend quite a lot of time. And we tried every tool under the sun and none of it really worked. There were either mass average tools that were built for sort of spamming or they were mostly CRM tools, but nothing that sort of helped us scale average without losing quality. So we had built an in-house. Uh, it was sort of an internal secret sauce for us for about a while, uh, for about a year. And it just worked tremendously well. It 10x our productivity when it came to outreach, literally. <laughs> and we also cut about 80% of outreach costs, let go of all of our marketing uh, marketing data miner team. And then we decided to release it as a standalone product. So that's sort of how Responda was born as a baby product out of business. So I shifted away uh, from Bizme now. Uh, I'm managing operations here at Responda. And how exactly is Respawn different? Like, what does it do? Like, how does it help one uh, do the link building? Yeah, so, you know, link building and then out of itself is we've broken it down into four simple steps. So regardless of the, there's a thousand different link building strategies and link building to us doesn't mean uh, going on Fiverr and purchasing a bunch of links, right? Uh, like Gray Hat techniques. Uh, no. So anytime we put out a piece of content, we have to figure out, were other places on web that this post would add value. So that's step one, which is prospecting. So understanding uh, what are some of the non-competing uh, places on the web, which is other blog articles, or if, depending on the piece, it may be a newsworthy story that's research fact data, et cetera. And so we have to understand what are some of the other places that, are, that this would make a good uh, placement in. So prospecting or finding content stage one. Stage two is uh, finding the right person. So now that we've found these places that we could potentially place our content, we got to go and find who's the right editor, who's the content manager, someone relevant to the marketing team. 
uh, just reach out to support for a software engineer, right? Um, so that process is something that Responder helps automate, which you know has access to data sources, company employee data, et cetera, and it'll go and find the right person, gets the emails, verifies it. Step three is putting together a template. And basically as you put up your email sequence, right, which is gonna sound template-y, and that's why we have stage four, which is deep personalization. So it enables you to be able to actually personalize each pitch uh, so it doesn't sound like a template cookie cutter template. And, and so it actually helps it gives you some snippets to work with and, and be able to personalize a pitch um, for better reply rates. And that's it. And you, that's sort of the gist of the platform. Now there's some other aspects of you know relationship management, et cetera, but, but that's pretty much the main, uh, main strategy here. And do you think outreach is the future of link building or should SEO experts spend more time in this area or some other area? You know, SEO and content in general is a piece of a puzzle, right? So uh, and actually the way I would put it better uh, is probably building a house. Uh, your on-page or your website is a foundation of the house. So you got to put in the resources needed to you know, make sure you're putting out relevant content that's original not just copy pasting from other people you actually add value for the uh, readers uh you you have the right site structure right and making sure that you've um, made it accessible for search engines to be able to pick up and at the same time also optimize for users so there's all foundation and link building and outreach is sort of the how they build on top of uh and it, it's definitely getting more important by the day just because it's getting very competitive to get your content ranked nowadays just simply because everybody's doing content marketing and uh, to be able to stand out, you gotta have to have a, a, a you know a competitive advantage, which in that case is is relevant quality mentions and backlinks from other relevant publications and websites in your space, which is quite a difficult thing to do, uh, considering that you know link building so far has been a spamming uh, process, right? So you've basically been sort of spraying, praying, <laughs> and sort of emailing the heck out of everyone, say, hey, give us a link. That's not how it works. It's more so about getting other people to talk about you. Uh, and there is some step-by-step -step process that we, that we train our users on. It's like, all right, you want to hit them with a transactional beneficial collaboration, a mutual beneficial collaboration, and then you sort of uh, move your way up to uh, a content collaboration. Then you, to, you turn them into a partner, um, ideally. Uh, so building relationships, really, what's going to uh, uh, play a role here. Uh, and that's where I see it happening, especially that Google nowadays is becoming extremely smart when it comes to figuring out what are some of the links that are just unnatural uh, and the ones that are. Uh, so it's our goal to figure out what are some of the best places we could do, uh, we could, we could place our content to stay competitive. And what do you think about influencer marketing? Do you think that's at, at its peak or has it peaked out? Like what are your views on influencer marketing? Yeah, so I think it's more so about the industry that you're in. I, I obviously can't um, say much about, <clears throat> you know, some consumer products uh, just simply because it's not my field of expertise, right? So if you're selling, for example, lipstick, it's probably a different type of marketing strategy than B2B SaaS, which is the space we're in. Um, so mar influencer marketing, I can only speak to uh, uh, when it comes to our industry. And and it definitely does play a role. I think what's becoming more important is is uh, getting relevant media. So getting people like yourself, who's a thought, uh, you know, leader in this space, to be able to to interview us, right? So going on podcasts is a big deal. 
uh, and getting um, building relationships with people who have an audience in your space to start talking about you, which could be in form of a webinar, which could be a, uh, a or co-webinar or some sort of a mention or content collab. Uh, I think that's a, a type of influencer marketing. Again, it's a very broad term. Uh, but that's uh, the thing that's worked really well for us, at least in the, uh, for Respond and Disney. And what are some of the companies you have collaborated and done this uh, kind of influencer marketing with? Because you're speaking of like companies and not just influencers, right? Right. Yes, predominantly. And I mean, it's a, an array of different companies I uh, can pull up and list, but probably uh, Moosend, I think, uh, Get Response. Uh, we collaborate with HubSpot, some of the bigger brands, Livestorm, uh, you name it. There's quite a few. I keep the CRM software. Um, yeah, I could keep on going on and on. But, but, but we've sort of uh, went ahead and introduced ourselves to everybody in our space. So <laughs> they, they've probably received an email from me at some point in time. But but yes. So what would be a good strategy for like... Uh some of the companies in our audience, if they want to collaborate with HubSpot, how should they go about doing that? Like, you know, try to get into that sphere. Yeah. So I think uh, the thing we did with HubSpot was actually um, one of their content managers. We, we did a content collaboration together where she actually has put together a post and contributed to our blog. It gets very difficult when it comes to some of the bigger companies uh, like HubSpot that are huge corporations because uh, normally, collaborations have to be mutually beneficial, and it is quite difficult to incentivize a billion-dollar company to to collaborate with you because they, there's very little value you can normally add. Uh, so my recommendation is actually not to necessarily go for the big shots and and sort of stay within your league and, and sort of work your way up. So, for example, if you have, if you are a company with a few thousand customers, go find another non-competing product that sort of complements your product. Uh, and if you don't have any audience at all, go get two partners, <laughs> right? That complement each other and you facilitate an event or a webinar and, and sort of tap into both of their audiences and indirectly collaborating with them. But again, uh, to be honest with you, the, these efforts sort of should be a cherry on top of a Sunday, right? So, uh, we would never expect these sort of efforts to, um, to, to yield significant. It's also revolutionize our business. Uh, but these are normally a really good way to build a relationship with a brand. So in the future, we can sort of do other sorts of content collaboration with them. So now we have a phone in the door. We've already collaborated with a person. Like, for example, we just did a uh, webinar with Ahrefs, um, which I'm not sure what you've heard of. It's a very um, popular SEO software. Um, so Patrick, one of their um, uh, marketing advisors, has joined our webinars and on the business side. So, uh, you know, we've, we've gone back and forth and emailed each other. We've, we're, we're picking his brain about Respana, asking them what he thinks. So like it, that opens doors for conversation. So I think that's the lens you want to look at, not necessarily in terms of, okay, we did this webinar, how much money did we generate? Um, there's that, but there are also you know, a bunch of different strategies. One of the things we did also in the past was a, a gated content. So we partner up with another company, split our resources, create a gated content or ebook. And then now each one of us, and it starts pushing it through their ads and to their newsletter. So we sort of double up the ROI and these gated, uh, pieces of gated content. Um, again, it does complicate things a little when you have to coordinate with the whole other company's team, uh, but it does help. But again, it's not our core um, marketing initiative. What we really focus on mainly is the, is the organic trough, 
traffic of our own website, making sure that we position ourselves so that we show up in places where people who are looking for a solution like ours would find us. And could you give us one strategy by which you've been able to increase your organic traffic, like one campaign that you'd like to talk about? <laughs> so the answer to your question is about 160 pages. Uh, so I wrote a detailed free ebook uh, that, again, it's not a sales thing. So we're not trying to sell you stuff. It is, uh, if you go on Google, like Visme Marketing Strategy, uh, I sort of spill the beans and sort of reveal everything, all of our templates, all of our step-by-step -step process with screenshots. So, uh, and we've made it visually appealing, but I tend to talk a lot. So that's why, hence it's 160 pages. But, <laughs> but if you bear through the first 10 or so pages, and becomes good. So I recommend folks if they be well, uh, you know, wanting to understand a bit about our process, what's worked, what didn't work. Uh, so Google Visme marketing strategy, V-I-S-M-E, and just uh, download the free PDF and, and take a look. And I sort of walk through the whole process. So I guess personalization is also an important part of your product at Respona. How and why do you think the importance of personalization has increased over the years? So, uh, you know, as, as more and more people started to do average, uh, it's becoming increasingly more, increasingly more difficult to stand out from their inbox. Like I see some uh, sales people literally have to go on Facebook and learn the, the prospects like dog's name. <laughs> to, to put it in the first, uh, uh, we've actually had that happen, to put it in the first subject line to, to try to catch our attention. So personalization definitely has become increasingly more difficult uh, to do because also, you know, there's these AI tools that help you automate a lot of it. So people sort of are more skeptical nowadays. But when it comes to link building, one, one advantage that we have is that it's actually quite different from what you would do in cold sales outreach, uh, which you're trying to sell the other party something. Uh, link building normally is, it starts as a mutually beneficial collaboration. So people are normally a lot more willing and a lot more open to those sort of emails that we receive. Again, if it's done right, as <laughs> so if you're reaching out to someone, hello, sir, give us a link. That's just not going to work. Uh, but but what we've noticed that um, when, when you when you play your cards right and you have the right strategy, normally um, uh, personalization doesn't play as big of a role as it does in sales, just simply because there is something in it for both parties. Um, and, and it hasn't been that big of an issue, and I'm sure it will be in the future as, as more and more people enter the space and start doing the, doing so. But we've tried to bake in some of these tools uh, and just making it a lot easier for users to do that personalization inside Respana uh, to sort of make it a lot quicker versus as if you were to do every single one yourself manually. So our team, uh, our team actually read this post on your company's social media page. It says, experts say that by 2022, global internet traffic from video will make up 82% of all consumer internet traffic. Have you noticed an increase in ROI when you use video over other types of content? So here's the thing. Uh, we actually, on the responder side, we have very limited resources because we're a relatively small team compared to our team on the Visme side. But Visme, we're actually dedicating a, quite a lot of resources to video. And I'm actually in the video studio right now <laughs> <laughs> recording this. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so we have over, I think, 100K subscribers on YouTube and our videos get a good amount of uh, views. 
And it's just another channel. Uh, and I think it's definitely growing. It's at the beginning stage of it uh, being a, as popular as blog articles or other sorts of content. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean you should stop doing what you're doing when it comes to content marketing and SEO and, and sort of shift your focus entirely to video. Uh, but it's definitely another channel. Uh, similar uh, and, and, and I highly recommend it. it is something we're, we're putting our money where our mouth is. So we, we are investing quite a bit and responding. We're also starting a YouTube channel. Uh, but what's going to happen is, again, saturation in the video space as well. So it's going to happen sooner or later. Um, but but again, that's true of any marketing channel. Normally, marketers ruin everything. So <laughs> but video is pretty good <laughs> yeah. so far. Well, speaking of which, which are the, what is the next marketing channel that marketers are likely to ruin? <laughs> as in, mm. like, what is the next platform, video channel that marketers are likely to ruin? <laughs> That's a good question. I actually haven't thought about this. So I would rather not comment on something I haven't really thought through. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, what do you think of marketing on TikTok? Do you think it's working for B2B businesses, for SaaS businesses? Is it something that businesses like in the tech field should be getting into? So we actually do have a TikTok channel uh, at Vesme uh, because we do have a large B2C side of things that, you know, we have quite a lot of students, teachers who use our platform and, and also that, that side of the market. Uh, and it's been doing okay. We had a few TikToks that go viral. Again, it, it's quite hard and difficult to, uh, to measure how much impact each one of these channels have. Again, it, to us, it's more of an experiment. It's not a core marketing, it's, part, it's not part of our core marketing strategy. Uh, but but it is something that is worth experimenting with. And a lot of things you don't really know until you you actually do it. And, you know, they, they always say there's only, that there's about seven touch points you would meet with a customer normally on average to close them as a customer. And the way I would look at all of these efforts is, is one of those touch points, right? So if you're, if you're writing blog posts, that's one of the touch points. If you're creating videos, that's another touch point. If you're creating this podcast, probably another touch point, right? So having these multiple channels enable you to get to that seven touch points quicker um how effective they are normally quite hard to measure but but i wouldn't see a reason why you shouldn't experiment and see what figures out what works in your space again um we would never create a tiktok channel for respond probably um because uh, we have other priorities that we need to get to but but for some brands for example if you have a cbd brand it's very quite difficult if you were to do that through paid ads uh, or once you want to create content, it's, uh, there are some legal restrictions. Probably makes more sense to get on TikTok. Um, so as I'm saying is, it, it really depends on each brand to figure out what works best, where their audience hang, hangs out and sort of become a prominent source there. And wouldn't really limit myself to one or two channels per se, just simply because you never know what's going to work uh, for, for your target audience. Uh, and for Respona's videos, most of them, which channels are you aiming for when you do videos for Respona? So we are not yet, <laughs> as I mentioned. Uh, so for Respona in particular, uh, we are going to be creating uh, content pieces in video format starting next year. Uh, we've uh, sort of been heads down working on a product. We actually have a new version of the uh, software, Respona 1.0. We've been in beta so far coming out next month uh, so it's been quite all hands on product <laughs> everybody uh, and, and sort of 
but we've had to sacrifice some of the other efforts that we wanted to do, but we haven't. So uh, yeah, definitely video is something that we're going to be starting doing um, starting next year, early next year. Uh, and they are going to be mainly educational materials, it's not going to be really salesy about our own software. So be, you know, discussing different link building strategies. And we always try to enable folks to be able to do those strategies without necessarily using our platform. Uh, so enabling them to find other alternatives, doing things manually. Uh, and I always say, I was like, Respondent does no magic. You can do pretty much what we do manually yourself on your own. We just help you do it 10 times faster. So it's just a matter of time. Uh, that we say so so yeah that's uh, that's the game plan uh, but on the Vizme side if you go on our YouTube channel there's a good amount of videos there uh, they come and I think we release one or two videos every every few weeks and uh, the, the videos again are purely educational and it, it took us a while to get some traction and that's an, that's the thing a lot of people just make a few videos and put it out there and there's nobody watching it they're like all right this doesn't work <laughs> so we had to do it consistently over time, I think about six or seven months at least until we got some sign of life in the channel. Uh, but yeah, consistency uh, worked well. But again, yeah, it's it's a good amount of resources you got to spend on videos because we have a, 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 a well, Mike who records the videos. So and then we have a content team that produces the scripts. We have video editors. Uh, we have a designer that creates the back shadows and the slides. Uh, me so that there's quite a lot of resources that it takes so if, uh, you know we, we, sometimes it might not make sense for a small brand to do so um, it's not our alternative is not to create as high quality of a video but again it's not going to be as competitive <laughs> when you put it in the search results so yeah it's a, it's a trade-off uh, but I think it's a matter of dedication or resources more so than anything else and what do you use the green screen for what kind of graphics are you putting behind yourself in these videos? Yeah, so I'm actually too far away from the green screen. I, this is actually quite big. I need to go back. But the green screen, they put, uh, I could send you an example of a video, but the, once he's talking, because he's talking about design, so it's quite visual. Uh, so we, we have his face and, and, you know, from shoulder up. And then there is also um, an example. It's like, hey, this is a bad design. Don't do this. Create a good, good, good design. <laughs> so that's pretty much the. The gist of it. So the designer has to put together these uh, graphics and whatnot, and, and and I know it sounds quite lame, but they actually make it look very nice. I highly recommend folks go 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 take a look. All right, fair. All right. So you've seen Visme grow from the start. What do you think has been Visme's key strength that led to over nine million users? Is that it? And two million monthly traffic in just four years. Yeah, so we're actually over 11 million now. <laughs> but again, we're a freemium product. Uh, so not everybody is a paying customer. So we, we, we get a good amount of volume, around 20-something thousand new users every single day. And we actually spend very little on paid advertising, do no cold outreach. So it's all coming to us organically. As far as the, uh, the core strength go, I would say the product is pretty damn cool. Uh, so it, it doesn't hurt that you, you have a good winning product that works. Uh, so the engineering team at Visme is, is outdone itself and, and they've created a product over the years that's, that's quite nice. Like you come in as a brand, you pop in your website and then it will pull up all your brand colors and fonts and logos. And then, and then it would create customized set of templates based on your logos and brand colors. So it doesn't look like a cookie gutter template you just copied from Canva, right? So it looks like a 
customized database of pamphlets and graphics for your company. Um, so I would say that that's obviously because it doesn't matter how many people you get in the door. If the product isn't good, you're not going to sell. So uh, product, obviously, number one priority for all of our brands, VizMe and, and Respana. Uh, but as far as marketing goes, I think our number one channel by far uh, is our SEO. And we've really done a good job. Our, our content team has done a wonderful job uh, putting together really quality pieces of content. Uh, and, and also we have a large average team that also helps promote these pieces of content. And, 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 and that also has resulted in, um, you know, that's top of the funnel traffic. And then we also have our templates pages and our maker pages, which are our sales landing pages. So if you go on Google, for example, presentation software or infographic software or presentation templates, uh, Vizm will show up for all of them. So these are more bottom of the funnel, mid funnel keywords, um, that sort of kind of go hand in hand with our content. So the way we sort of build the site structure is we pick a few parent keywords. So for Visme is presentations, for graphics, uh, for Respana is link building and, and content promotion and, and blogger outreach. And then we create a landing page for each one. So for example, for presentations, presentation software. And then we create a silo of content, which is just a fancy word for a, a category of content for presentations. And then we do some keyword research, write educational pieces of content, how to create a presentation or how to give a good presentation. You get the idea what to do with your hands during a presentation. And, and then um, all of them sort of are interrelated. So we actually include internal links from our content pieces to our sales pages. Uh, so meaning that when you're talking about how to give a good presentation, just mention your presentation software landing page in the blog post, which isn't, which isn't difficult. And then what we do then is that once each piece of content gets out the door, then it gets sent to our outreach team and then our outreach team picks them up and uses the Respana to build links to them. And then what happens is that over time, once you build backlinks to these specific blog posts, you're hitting two words with one stone. One, you're getting the content piece up in the rankings, so you're getting some top of the funnel traffic. But also what's happening <clears throat> is that you pass on the link equity through these internal links to your main sales pages with these landing pages. So over time, as you're producing more pieces of content, you keep strengthening the hour uh, and increasing the, the, the competitiveness of these uh, sales pages because they, they keep getting fed more authority. So it helps your, not only your sales pages up in rankings, but also stay there. Um, and, and that's been obviously a, quite a challenging task. And we also have, like for example, our presentation templates category where we produce uh, you know, presentation templates. So any category you go and look up, for example, business presentation templates, et cetera, it will show up. So yeah, it's it's not easy. Again, I don't mean to deter people from doing SEO, and 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 this site structure obviously took some years for us to figure out and put in place. It wasn't something that was done done overnight. Uh, but as I'm saying, is that you need to have that as a roadmap to be able to start putting together the building blocks to get there. So it help it's helpful to see what worked and sort of what what sort of structures to put in place. But yeah, I'm not sure what I answer your question, but. <laughs> There was a lot of answers where it, it works. Uh, the last question right, is right. actually a little strange question that I have. Uh, what mm -hmm. would you be doing if not this? If not with me and Respona, what would you be doing? That's a good question. <laughs> I like yeah. how you took a deep breath. <laughs> it like takes deep breath yeah. and contemplates life. <laughs> what would you be doing? <laughs> I was like, wow, that was a very fundamental question. You know, I... 
I re- okay, I know it's sort of cheesy to say, but I, I really love <laughs> yeah. what I do. And I couldn't really see myself doing anything else. And in college, uh, well, in high school, I, I thought about becoming a doctor because I'm foreign. My parents wanted me to become a doctor. So I always had in my mind, I was like, yeah, I should become a doctor. <laughs> and I came to, to college and I was like, you know what? I don't like medicine. I should, I should become an investment banker. I should, I should get into finance. And, and then I got involved with SAS and it sort of, um, you know, it was, it was a natural process of happening. It wasn't like from day one, I was born. I was like, you know what? B2B SaaS, that's it for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I really found the, the sweet spot of what I really like and what I'm good at. And, and, and I think this is something that I would like to do long term as far as uh, career goes. So uh, if, if, if I wasn't doing or involved with Respano or, or Bizme, probably not a B2B SaaS company. So uh, I don't know, it's a very boring answer. You probably expect me to say, I want to become an astronaut or something, but, <laughs> but no, I'd really like what I do. Yeah, for sure. Because like, as you said, no one, no one is born and is encouraged to be a marketer. It's just marketing finds you somehow along the way. Right. <laughs> as it did in my case too, it just somehow finds it. Because no, it's not even a defined uh, thing, right? Because marketing as like, it's just market plus ING. It doesn't really mean anything. Marketing, like playing with the market. Uh, but right. yeah, okay. That was quite a nice answer. Well, that was the last question. Thanks everyone for joining us for this month's episode of Outgrow's Market of the Month. That was Farzad Rashidi, who is the lead innovator at Respona and marketing director at Wizme. Thanks for joining us, Farzad. Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me. Check out their website for more details and we'll see you once again next month with another Marketer of the Month.